0: She stopped right in the middle of this road, turns around, goes down that alleyway and sees somebody who was totally open to the gospel. Um, I saw this happen over and over and over again. And after about the fifth or sixth time, she sort of found the person of peace, that needle in a haystack. I finally stopped her and said, how are you doing this? Hey friends, welcome to
1: the 1,000 Houses podcast where we encourage and equip households to make disciples in and through the home. Every episode, you're going to hear interviews, teachings, and conversations around what it looks like to turn your home into a hub for mission and community and discipleship. Today's episode is from one of our coaching intensives called Made for Mission, where we coach others on how to practically live out the command of Jesus to go and make disciples in our Western context. So if you want to learn more about A Thousand Houses or check out some of our resources, visit
0: 1kh.org. One of the questions that we love to ask people anytime they're starting a new business is, what is your unfair advantage? It's because when you get into a business, there are so many competitors that you're gonna be working against in so many cases, trying to carve out some kind of place or niche that you can really make money that if you don't have an unfair advantage, oftentimes it's really hard to be successful. And those unfair adv- advantages in business can be things like you, know, you, you have a huge passion for the, the topic or the area, you have a special connection, you have a new strategy that no one's thought of and that really transforms the way people might get this service or how to build this product. And when we're out there looking for people of peace, we have an unfair advantage. And oftentimes when people go out to find the person of peace, they do not fully utilize this unfair advantage. And this unfair advantage, we simply call the guidance of the Holy Spirit. This is a powerful thing that we need to really take advantage of. His guidance in our lives as we are looking for those people of peace. There's a couple of verses that I always come to mind when I think about the guidance of the Holy Spirit. In Isaiah 30, it says, Whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, This is the way. Walk in it. And I know that that might apply to a lot of different parts of our lives as believers. But man... It's really important that when you are looking for a person of peace and you're walking through crowds of people, that you want to be really dialed into what the Holy Spirit's doing in your heart, uh, in your mind, in your spirit. Another verse that I think about often when it comes to the guidance of the Holy Spirit is what Jesus said in Nicodemus in John chapter 3. He says, "...the wind blows where it wishes. You hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it's going." So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. There's something unique about being born of the Spirit that's like the wind. In fact, the word Spirit in both Greek and Hebrew is the word for wind. And so there's a way in which the Spirit moves or works that is really unique, and we need to fully take advantage of His guidance. And so being people who are prepared to listen to and follow the guidance of the Holy Spirit is what we need to talk about. Now, one analogy that comes to mind when it comes to really following the guidance of the Holy Spirit when you're going out to find people of peace is think about trying to find a needle in that proverbial haystack, right? There's always two ways you can go about uh, trying to find a needle in a haystack. One is that you can completely take apart the haystack piece by piece and look with every single piece of hay to try to find that needle, right? And that could take you days or even years trying to find a needle in a haystack. could be an incredibly exhausting and frustrating experience. But another way you could do it is you could bring a super powerful metal detector, right? And immediately find that needle in the haystack. And of course, if you had the choice between which of these you're actually going to, which strategy you're gonna use, everyone would opt for the strategy that would only take a few minutes because you have this unfair advantage. And that's the reason why it's really important for us to think about when we're looking for a person of peace, how are we preparing ourselves to be guided by the Holy Spirit? And Jesus really modeled this for us uh, throughout the Gospels. But one of the stories that really shows this, uh, in my opinion, one of the best ways that you can see this in the Gospels is is how Jesus found uh, Zacchaeus while he was walking through Jericho. So you can picture what this must have been like for Jesus. He's walking through a very, very crowded city, the city of Jericho. There are so many people that were wanting to see Jesus, Uh, that were crowding around him, that Zacchaeus, the short tax collector, wanted to see Jesus, but couldn't. And so, of course, he climbs that sycamore tree to see Jesus. And that's how many people Jesus had around him. But somehow, as Jesus is walking through that crowded city, he stops and turns around and walks up to that tree and looks up and calls Zacchaeus by name and says, I'm going to stay in your house. Jesus was able to look through all of the people in Jericho and know the one person— that he was being called to to invite into a relationship back into relationship with with God, and through the Zacchaeus he was able to preach the gospel to the entire city of Jericho because he was restoring somebody they all hated and so this, it was really strategic and critical that Jesus reached this particular person, not just for Zacchaeus's sake who was obviously in his heart prepared to repent because immediately after that he repents and gives back Uh, money to all those who who he has cheated, Um, but also reaching out to Zacchaeus preach the gospel in a powerful way to the city of Jericho. And I don't think Jesus um, had this ability simply because he was God. He, he, We know that he had this ability through the Holy Spirit. John the Baptist told us about that. He said that the Messiah is somebody who has been given the Holy Spirit without limit. And so Jesus was so in tune with the Holy Spirit, so filled with the Holy Spirit when he was on earth, that he was able to sense and see these things in powerful ways. And so I think that, you know, we aren't like Jesus. This is going to be hard for us. We're going to have to uh, really go through a process similar to the way that Jesus did in order for us to Uh, be guided by the Holy Spirit, but it's really important that we don't just settle for sifting through hay. We need to figure out ways to be guided by the Holy Spirit. So what does this really look like? How do you prepare yourself to go on a treasure hunt guided by the Holy Spirit? Uh, One time when I was uh, not even aware that this was an option, I met a missionary who had practiced this kind of of ministry as she was going about doing uh, the work of the Lord in different countries. And we were, uh, we were in a country where I was with her and other people who were with her. We would watch as she would walk down the street. I remember one time she literally, we were walking down, we passed an alleyway. She stopped right in the middle of this road, turns around, goes down that alleyway, and sees somebody who was totally open to the gospel. Um, I saw this happen over and over and over again. And after about the fifth or sixth time, she sort of found the person of peace, that needle in a haystack. I finally stopped her and said, How are you doing this? Like, can you actually walk me through um, how you began to have this, uh, this real ability to listen to the Holy Spirit at this really sort of very sensitive level? And she described for me almost a year of training that she went through where she was fasting a lot. She actually took all of her furniture out of her bedroom and slept on the floor. And she said while she was going through that process, she was trying to discipline her flesh to totally obey the Holy Spirit. Then she spent three months in Africa, and she said during a lot of that time she was sleeping in a tent. Sometimes uh, it would leak, and she would literally be sleeping in a puddle. Um, And she was doing all of this, again, to not listen to her flesh, but to live this fasted lifestyle in order to be the most useful uh, for the kingdom so that the Holy Spirit could guide her. And so over time, as she really pushed down the loud voice of her flesh, crying out for food or for comfort and really increased the volume of the Holy Spirit in her spirit, she began to become extremely sensitive to how the Spirit was guiding her. And this was what caused her to over and over and over again find these people of peace as she was just walking through, walking through the city or in different situations. So this was really encouraging to me. I didn't know that about this unfair advantage and it really has become a critical part of the way that I think about, about especially this step of our mission. You don't want to just walk out and start sifting through hay as you are looking at people. You want to find those people, that the Holy Spirit saying, that's the person who's ready. That's the person of peace. There was a movie that came out recently that was called Eat, Pray, Love, where some person just kind of goes through different, I think, uh, cities in Europe and she just is kind of enjoying herself in different uh, different restaurants. What we're talking about is not that kind of of a missionary journey. We're talking about pray, listen, obey. Those are the steps that really cause you to become very sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Each of those is critical. You need to spend a lot of time in prayer. Fasting, of course, is a really good part of this process. You want to live a prayer and fasted lifestyle, especially if you're entering into a season of looking for a person of peace. Then you want to practice listening. And so if you're feeling like the Lord is saying, go this way or go that way, talk to that person, you want to be able to hear those uh, those intuitions. You want to be able to hear those guidance, that, the guidance of the Holy Spirit, and then you have to obey. So you can begin to differentiate when it's your voice, when it's the flesh, or when it's the Holy Spirit. And so a simple way to think about this is really carving out specific uh, seasons or even even very short periods of time as you're practicing this. Two or three days where you're going to be fasting and praying leading up to those two or three days. You'll spend two or three days uh, just seeking for a person of peace, And then you begin to debrief. This is how Jesus was sending his disciples out two by two, to literal seasons of searching for the person of peace. But you don't want to just go out again and just talk to the first person, uh, interrupt the first person you see. You want to become comfortable with listening to the Holy Spirit, being guided by the Holy Spirit. And that is going to make a huge difference. And as you do that, another thing is going to occur that, that is really unique when you are on this kind of mission. Jesus said at the end of Matthew 28, he said, If you go out to make disciples, I'm going to be with you always. What that means is as we're on his mission, we're going to experience a different level of intimacy with him. So when you're going through this process of sort of fasting and praying, preparing for, looking for people of peace, you're going out into different places and searching for them, you're listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit, you're obeying. As you begin to enjoy that process, you're going to experience a greater intimacy with Jesus than maybe you've ever experienced. That is one reason to really pursue mission. It's not just for the sake of all the the harvest that we know that we want to, uh, we want to go out into the harvest field and, and see come into the kingdom, but it's also just as much that we can experience the intimacy that we have when we're on mission with Jesus. That's where he's at. He's out there looking for more people that are going to come and be a part of the kingdom of God. And so we want to participate with Jesus in that. And so we want to encourage you guys as you go through this process to find people of peace, as you're praying, as you're fasting, as you're obeying, really enjoy and, and anticipate the greater intimacy that you're going to experience with Jesus when you're on His mission. Well, friends, thanks for listening to today's episode.
1: If this teaching stirred something in you and you're feeling a yearning to learn how to make disciples in the West, we just want to invite you to join our Made for Mission Coaching Intensive, where we combine online content and personal coaching that's going to provide you with the teaching and the tools and the encouragement that you need to actually see disciples made in your context. So for more information and to apply for this coaching intensive, go to 1kh.org slash made permission. We'll see you for the next episode.